Our reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, and can be found on page 1042, beginning at verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, and it's headed in the Bibles, at the home of Martha and Mary. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Great. Thanks, John, very much. We do keep that passage in the Bible um, open, as today we're going to be thinking about busyness. Busyness and God. Busyness and the kingdom of God, which um, feels appropriate, I guess, because it's Mothering Sunday. And I think probably uh, mums are probably the busiest people in the world. I mean, on any given day... um, They're they're probably the first one up in the household. They have washed, cleaned and fed all of the family. They've loaded the dishwasher, walked the dog, taken the children to school. And if they've got time, they've ended world hunger all by 8.37 a.m. Mums are just so busy and we live in a really busy age. So actually think about what the Bible and God says about busyness. I think it's really important. So a great opportunity for us to do that today. And and the first thing I want to say is, is the Bible doesn't say that busyness is bad. It doesn't say that busyness is bad. Um, As one Christian writer wrote uh, several hundred years ago uh, of his experience, uh, the time of busyness does not differ with me from the time of prayer. And in the noise and clutter of my kitchen, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were on my knees. So busyness isn't necessarily a bad thing. And and God knows that we have busy times in our lives. Times when we're going through exams, or or times when there there are new babies, or or different seasons of life. Um, We were at a farm yesterday just up the road, and um, within the next few weeks they're expecting 800 lambs to be born. And for them, it is a really busy time of year. And God understands that. It's not that busyness is bad. But I do want us to think about what the Bible has to say about busyness today. And what I want us to think about is what motivates our busyness? What motivates our busyness? And does our busyness actually get in the way of our relationship with God? Because it can do. We're going to see uh, three things from this passage this morning as we think about busyness. And the first one is our need for time with God. That has to be our priority, okay? Our need for time with God. And and in the passage, we see how Jesus uh, comes to this home and he interrupts people's busyness. Have a look with me at verse 38, just at the top. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home 
to him. So the first thing we see is Jesus interrupts people's busyness. Jesus and his 12 disciples are, are traveling around and they are a few miles or, or maybe a bit less from, from Jerusalem, the capital city. And Martha, this lady, opens up her home to Jesus and his 12 disciples. She drops everything she's doing and focuses on the needs of her guests. Now, in Jesus' day, opening your home to someone wasn't just, oh, politely let them in, I'll make you a cup of tea. It was dropping everything you were doing and supporting that person and their needs, particularly if it was like Jesus, someone who was traveling around teaching. By opening your home, you are supporting their teaching and that person. In the same way today, actually, um, when we have mission partners come and, and, and speak to us here, people who have gone to other countries, we, we, we look after them, we, we feed them, not just because we care about them, but because we support what they are doing in the world. So it was in Jesus' day. But think about it, this would have been a costly welcome for, for Martha. Houses in those days were, were pretty small, uh, perhaps built around sort of a, a central courtyard. You might have a few uh, small um, little square uh, rooms and there may be a flat roof where people could sort of dry clothes or maybe to sit and pray. And actually welcoming these 13 people into your home, that's actually quite a costly thing to do, isn't it? There, that's going to change things for that day, certainly. And the first thing we are told about Martha, this lady, is that she welcomes Jesus into her busyness. But actually, we read through the Bible, and actually welcoming Jesus is a really important part of what it means to follow Jesus. It starts by welcoming him into our busyness, welcoming him into our lives. In the last book of the Bible, in, in Revelation Jesus speaks to one of the churches and he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is talking here about opening our lives to him. He is talking about eternal life for all who follow him. If we welcome Jesus into the busyness of our life, he promises us a new kind of life. Eternal life. Life without end. Life in all its fullness. And we can be certain of that because of Easter. Now, this Easter we're going to be remembering, like we do every Easter, how Jesus came and he died for us on a cross He died for us to forgive us so people like you and me can know God and be with him forever. So it's important that we start by letting Jesus into our lives, interrupting our busyness, our plans, whatever it is we are doing. But our lives don't just stop once we let Jesus in. Because this passage tells us that our greatest need is to spend time listening And learning from Jesus. Have a look at verse 39. We're told that Martha, this lady, had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, this this activity would have been shocking in Jesus' day. Because in Jesus' day, a woman would never have sat at the feet of a male teacher. It was just unheard of. 
sexes were, were normally segregated. You didn't teach the women, you only taught the men, and particular men as well. But Jesus, he's, he's not turning Mary away. Actually, we go on and see later on, he's actually encouraging that what she is doing is a really good thing. Because sitting at the teacher's feet, it means to be a disciple, to be a follower, to be taking in Jesus' words. You see, Mary realizes that the most important thing that she can do is listen to Jesus. She has to. Because of who he is. He is the son of God. And of what his words mean. As Peter, one of the other disciples, puts it, that, that Jesus has the words of eternal life. Who else can have that? Who else can we turn to? Jesus' words aren't just wise. Jesus' words are powerful. They are the words of God. Because Jesus is God. And Mary, this disciple sitting at his feet, she sees that, she believes that, and she listens. Well, how do we do that now? We, we don't literally sit at, at Jesus' feet because Jesus is in heaven. But actually, we still hear from God's words today. We do that by turning to, to God's word, the Bible that we have here in front of us. You see, in the pages of the Bible, we hear God speak to us, not usually with, a, with an audible voice, but powerfully and to our hearts and to our minds. You read the Bible and you will experience God speak to you. And this isn't just for some people. This is for everyone. We all need to hear from God's word. And we all need to keep on learning. Now, there, there are so many great ways to, to learn more about God's word. Phil's told us about one already. This Lent course, we've been thinking about walking through the Old Testament. Great way of learning about God and hearing from his word, the Bible. But at BH here, we, we do that week by week. In our small groups, we gather to hear from God's word. We think about what we've heard on the Sunday and we gather to read and to learn more from God's word. But there, there are other ways as well. And um, we're really blessed in Sussex to have something called the SGP course. Let me just grab one of these from down here. And um, these are a great way of finding out more about the Bible. And they do them either on a, a Saturday morning, uh, there's a leaflet there, or on uh, a Tuesday uh, every week. Saturday morning once a month, uh, Tuesday every week up at Hayward Heath. And um, Matt, our music minister, he's doing the Tuesday course. He's on the second year at the moment. And Wendy, who's through uh, helping with Explorers today, um, she's doing the course as well. And it's a great opportunity to learn from God's word, to think about what it means and, and to put it into use as they are doing today. So I just want to encourage you with that. Perhaps that's something you'd be interested in. Well, come and speak with me or Phil or, or grab one of these flyers at the back to find out more. It's a really great course to find out more about God and his word. And can I encourage you to think about that today? Actually, can I encourage you, particularly if you're a woman, particularly if you are a mother, actually to think seriously about how you can be learning more from God's word. Use Mary as your example. You see, Jesus calls all of us to learn from his word. And he calls women just as much as he calls men to learn. But if we're honest with ourselves, there's a problem, isn't there? This, this all sounds great. 
But all of us, whether we're men or whether we're women, we let stuff get in the way of listening to and learning from God. So we're going on now to think about knowing the stuff in our life that gets in the way. And the first thing we see in this passage is how good things get in the way of time spent with God. Have a look at verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So Martha is busy, as you can imagine. She is. She's got 15 hungry tummies to cook for. But all these preparations, all this service that had to be made is becoming her focus. It's becoming the thing that she's being distracted by. You see, actually, if we think about busyness, there's more to, to her busyness and actually to our busyness than just being busy, if that makes sense. There's more to busyness than just being busy. One writer put it like this and, and began to, to hit the nail on the head of what goes on in these kind of situations. The feeling of being hurried is not usually the result of living a full life and having no time. It is on the contrary born of a vague fear that we are wasting our life. When we do not do the one thing we ought to do, we have no time for anything else. We are the busiest people in the world. I wonder if you can relate to that today. You see, we see that actually busyness has a spiritual dimension too. This busyness, which is often good stuff, cooking food for 15 hungry people is good. It's not like we we don't need that. We do. We need to eat. But there is a possibility for our busyness, which is often good stuff, to get in the way of God. And actually, that's, that's a particular temptation within the church. There's all sorts of things that can get in the way of God. Perhaps we serve on the music team, and it becomes more and more the focus on the music and less and less on God. Perhaps we're really keen to, to serve in, in, in cooking meals for people or helping at the night shelter, which is great. But does it get in the way of God? We're really keen to be helping with uh, sports and to be doing all kind of outreach and helping with youth groups and stuff, which is great. But does it get in the way of God? Or maybe we're, we're filling up our calendar with all sorts of great things, but again, does it get in the way of God? Or perhaps we're reading loads of really deep theology, all about who God is and what he has done, but it all becomes about the words and the ideas and less and less actually about knowing Jesus personally. Does it get in the way of God? Or perhaps even we're ordained. And more and more that becomes the focus, who we are as a minister and and less and less about the focus being on God. All of a sudden, this is our focus. And we begin to forget about Jesus. And as a result, as we see in this passage, our our busyness, our motivation for busyness, as a result, it it often shows itself in how we react to stress. I wonder if, if you've ever found yourself just losing it when you're really busy. It's so easily done, isn't it, when we are stressed. Have a look what what Martha says. To Jesus, just in that second bit of verse 40. So Martha came to Jesus and asked, Lord, 
don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Do you see what she's doing there? So Mary uh, wasn't helping her sister, but that's not actually the problem, is it? Because there are different ways that she could have asked for that help. But actually, Martha confronting Jesus shows us there's something else going on here with her busyness. The way that Martha approaches Jesus shows us that there's a spiritual dimension, something else going on in her heart. Martha has decided that Mary should be serving in the same way that she is. That is the proper way to serve. Mary, why aren't you doing what I'm doing? But what she's doing here is saying to Jesus, listen to me. Tell my sister what I want her to do. Now, what should she be doing? She should be thinking, I'm going to come to you, God, to listen to you and do what you ask me to do, not the other way around. See, one of the problems with busyness is that we end up expecting God to listen to our complaints when we're not prepared to listen to him. When we're going through hard times, we we call out to him and we pray, God, please help me. But actually, how often are we praying when things are going well? Or how often are we prepared to listen to him by coming along to small groups, by coming along to Lent courses, coming along to church and listening to God? I wonder, you go away from church this morning to think about what is it for you that gets in the way of listening to God and spending quality time with him, not just leftover bits of time, but actually prioritizing time with God. Maybe it's education, maybe it's shopping, maybe it's holidays, sports, maybe it's serving in the church, and maybe there's actually something you need to stop doing so you can concentrate on spending more time with God in his word. Those things are good, but they can be a distraction from him. Because these things can become the focus and they can become, in our eyes, bigger than him. If those things remain there, they will stunt our spiritual growth, won't they? Like Martha, she is stuck in this situation. But look what Jesus says. It's Two words he says, verse 41, Martha, Martha. You see, Jesus wants Martha, he wants us to experience new freedom. New freedom from that relentless busyness that we feel like we have to do. Jesus' gentle response, Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things. You see, Jesus can see how Martha's service hasn't helped her to focus on him. It's become all about the service. It's about getting the job done, not who she is doing the job for. She is troubled. She is distracted. She is anxious because of the many things she has to do or she feels she has to do. And Jesus actually looks at Martha and he is able to define what her anxiety is. Jesus defines her anxiety here as focusing on too many things, too many of the wrong things. It's the wrong kind of busy. And she is worried and upset about all these things, all the different meals she's got to prepare. Have a look then at verse 42. Jesus says, But few things are needed, 
or indeed only one. Only one thing is needed. Now, Jesus is doing two things when he's saying here. He is teaching a deeper truth. Now, on one hand, he is saying, actually, you're cooking all these different meals. Only one meal is needed. Keep it simple. That's fine. Because that will give you more time to spend with me, listening and learning from me. We don't have to go over the top to put on a grand show. That's not necessary. But at the same time, he's he's also saying that only one focus is needed as well. And that is to be him. That is to be Jesus. All of us, I think, if we admit to it, we're all anxious and worried about all sorts of different things. But actually, he is to be our focus. And actually, these things find their proper place when we focus on him. First, whether that's the music that we're doing, whether that's all the studying that we're doing, whether that's being in ministry or our calendars or theology or playing sports or helping running the youth and children's work. There we go. It all finds its right place. Behind him, he has to be centre and at the front of what we are doing. And what does Jesus then say? We'll have a look in verse 42. He says, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus is saying, actually, you've come to tell me to tell off your sister. Actually, she has made the right decision. Mary has chosen wisely. Jesus will not be with his disciples for long. Eventually, he will go to Jerusalem. He will go to the cross and to his death. And the thing Mary is focused on, Jesus, will not be taken away from her. Even in her own death. Which means she can sit at his feet and listen to him. And learn from him. Mary has chosen wisely. You see, everything else will be taken from us. When we die, we can't take anything with us except for this one thing. If we are increasingly aware of experiencing anxiety from our busyness, maybe that's busyness for God or just generally. Well, actually, if we're aware of that, then good. Martha needed to be aware of it and realize it before she could understand the one focus where all of her anxieties would fade away. And perhaps that's you, this mothering someday. Perhaps that's the freedom you want to know from your anxieties about your busyness. Well, what better way to mark mothering someday than by finding freedom in Christ? I'm just going to read now from Psalm 139. We can say it silently in our hearts as a prayer perhaps, asking God to help us. Whatever it is we are anxious about, whatever is busy, whether that's stuff outside the church, whether that's stuff inside the church, getting in the way of God's, we can ask God to help us. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any anxious way in me and lead me in your everlasting way. In Jesus' name.
Amen.